At Companies House, we are dedicated to being an inclusive, innovative and welcoming employer. One that supports people and encourages them to find their passion by developing their skills and careers. But don't just take our word for it. In this podcast, you're going to hear from Martin Flynn, Head of Resourcing at Companies House, in which he talks about the unique culture at Companies House and the importance of diversity and inclusion. Over the next few weeks, in our new series of features, we will also be showcasing some of our fantastic employees who will reflect on their career at Companies House and how they've been able to find their passion. Hello and welcome to an episode of Meet the Team by Companies House. Today, I'm joined by Martin Flynn, Head of Resourcing at Companies House. We are going to be discussing diversity and inclusion today, which I'm really excited about. This is an opportunity for us to celebrate our achievements in this space and share what we've been doing as an organisation. I think having a sense of belonging, being to be able to be your authentic self and feeling you have a voice is all vital for inclusion. So on that note, hello, Martin, how are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, you, mate. How are you? Yes, good. Thank you. Not too bad. So obviously, just a little note for our listeners. We're recording this remotely. And fingers crossed it all goes well. Bear with us. Technology. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So my first question is, what is diversity inclusion and what does it mean to us as an organisation? And um, could you speak a bit about our DNI ambition? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think for Companies House, diversity is really about um, understanding that each individual uh, is really kind of unique uh, and that we do recognise those individual differences. So these can both be visible and invisible um, and along the dimensions of things such as you know, gender, ethnicity, race, sexual orientation, uh, socioeconomic background, uh, age, you know, physical abilities, for example. So you know, these differences mean that everyone brings something different to our organisation, different life experiences, skill sets, thoughts, ideas, innovation. Um, so it's really important that we recognise, uh, respect and value these in a safe and, and positive environment. Ultimately, it's about understanding each other, I suppose, celebrating and welcoming these differences um, that each individual has. Um, inclusion then is all about um, having a sense of belonging, you know, where, where the different groups or individuals you know, with these differences are then accepted, welcomed and treated um, fairly and equally. So if you have an inclusive culture, it makes the individual or the group uh, of people feel valued, um, they'll feel kind of respected for who they are. Yeah. Um, I suppose our, our vision of the company's house is for all people to, to just feel comfortable and confident to be able to bring you know, their whole brilliant selves to work. So we want everyone to feel that they're respected and that they're treated fairly. Um, and this means that everyone then has the opportunity to perform to their, their full extent of their potential, they're rewarded fairly, um, and they're recognised for the contribution that they, they make to the company's house. Um, but it is also important then that our diversity reflects the communities and the citizens that we serve so that we can then better understand them and serve them as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that was a very good answer, I must say. Um, so we've launched a campaign this week, which will showcase our brilliant DNI networks. Um, and I know that you've got a personal passion for these and supporting our diverse colleagues. Um, so would you mind sharing a bit of your own DNI story? 
Uh, no, not at all. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I, I, I am really passionate and proud um, of the great networks that we have here at Companies House. Um, you know, when I talked about you know inclusion, um, I suppose a sense of belonging. You know, our diversity and inclusion networks uh, have really helped to bring our people together and create those safe environments. Um, so, you know, some examples, we've got a, a cheat network for our LGBTQ colleagues. There's a carers network, uh, a working families network. Uh, women's network. Um, we've just launched our new faith network. So that's celebrating, I'm going to get this right now, faith, allyship, culture, and ethnicity. Um, and a mental health network as well. That's just the name of few. Um, and I suppose these have all really helped, especially through the current situation in really providing that support and resource for our colleagues that allows um, a safe space to talk, which really helps with well-being, um, promoting improved mental health, which is all really important. Um, and our networks are, are really thriving. I think some of our most powerful stories um, in many ways is how we use our allies for the network. So you know, we've got male colleagues who are really active in the menopause and women's network, for example. We've got colleagues who maybe just have an, an interest in other networks through their own personal experiences, or maybe for just having an interest or passion for. Um, and it's, it's these allies that can really be, our, I, suppose, I suppose, our change agents for diversity and can really support inclusion, remove barriers and stereotypes that may then kind of exist. Yeah. Um, personally, I'm, I'm involved in, in several networks, um, but I also helped uh, as kind of an ally, um, but I'm all, I also helped to form our ability network. So this was set up to support colleagues with visible and non-visible disabilities to really help create a, I suppose, a supporting environment uh, where those colleagues can feel confident talking and, and you know, declaring to their managers they've got a disability. Uh, they can also talk freely um, and, and network and open uh, open talk with that as well. Um, so I've got Crohn's disease, and that's a, a chronic kind of lifelong condition that affects my digestive system. So in the past, this has resulted in quite a lot of surgery. Um, I've had to make some, you know, some personal changes in my life to make uh, to, to manage the condition. However, it is an invisible disability. So if you were to look at me, you'd think there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. Um, I look fine from the outside. However, inside I might be in, you know, in pain. I could be having a flare-up. Could be just really, really fatigued. So yeah. it's it's important for for me that my colleagues, uh, I suppose, on my team, understand my condition, um, the side effects that it and the medication can bring. So that maybe if one day I'm not quite on the ball or I'm really tired, um, you know, they'll kind of understand understand why. Um, yeah. And I, I suppose. I think, I suppose oh, on, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I, I I love that, that it's the ability network, not the disability network. And I think where we're so different to other employers, like you said about having Crohn's, it's something um, with other employers, you'd write it on a form as soon as you start with the business or the company, and then that's it. And then it's never spoken about again. It's never, it's not vis made visible. There's no way to make it visible to your colleagues. Um, be really difficult for that person yeah exactly i think that i think that's why we set up the network i suppose we, you know we want our colleagues to understand everyone's ability not a disability you know and what it is that they can bring to that organization um regardless if they have a, a visible or invisible disability so you know, if we can create that kind of environment then where our people are you know are fully understanding um it will allow them to perform at their best you know really flourish um, and hopefully in an environment that is free from discrimination or harassment. 
Absolutely. I remember it was like within my first few weeks, um, I had a meeting with Amy Harkham and she was like, you should join the Women's Network. I was like, what is this? That sounds amazing. Absolutely. And I go along to as many meetings as I can and I come out of them just feeling so proud and they're Mm -hmm. so uplifting. You could almost never think that would be within a workplace. Um, It's amazing. So my next question is, or not so much is a question and not a question the way I see it which could be quite a naive view I personally don't know anybody who purposely discriminates or doesn't try to be inclusive but I'm also really aware of unconscious bias um and I know that this is an area that you're quite passionate and interested in um so can you chat a little bit about that um because i think it's something that's really important to be made aware of yeah yeah definitely and it, you're right it is something that's that is important to be aware of um and you know i think personally i would, I would challenge anyone or, or somebody who maybe says that they they don't have any unconscious biases you know everyone does hold some unconscious bias unconscious biases or beliefs about maybe various social or identity groups, you know, and these can cause us to make decisions, um, you know, in favour of one person or another group over another. You know, it's, it's really important for organisations to work hard to um, to educate their people on unconscious bias and to help adjust, I suppose, you know, automatic patterns of thinking, uh, maybe trying to eliminate that discriminatory uh, behaviours. Um, unconscious bias can be a huge setback in creating a truly diverse and inclusive workplace. And um, these biases can impact on recruitment, promotion, and I suppose equal opportunities for, for everyone. So yeah. um, to, for example, uh, some, some examples that the, there's one called the halo effect. So this is where people who think maybe highly of an individual in a certain way are likely to think highly of them in other ways. So for example, if we think that someone is good looking, we may well think that they're intelligent and charismatic, for example. So, you know, as managers and leaders, you've got to be wary of, I suppose, generalizing a colleague's performance based on one specific characteristic of their personality or appearance. But then you have the opposite effect, which is called the horn effect then. So, so maybe just because somebody made a mistake once doesn't mean they're then incapable of, uh, of improving again. Um, other examples are a gender bias or, or similarity bias. Um, on an individual level, I suppose it's important to uh, firstly understand what unconscious biases are and then assess which biases are likely to uh, affect you. Um, I suppose try and figure out which uh, of these individual perceptions are most likely to be kind of governed by your, your unconscious biases. And then when you know that information, you can then take some you know, really personal, proactive steps to address them on a, on a personal you know, basis there. Yeah, and that the, that last thing you said, then it's that's the thing that struck me is that it it's unconscious. You've you've got to challenge yourself. It's got to come from within, and that's another thing that I think that we do so well in Companies House is we're encouraged to look at ourselves because that is the only way that we're going to improve. And it's not it's not a destination. It's continuing. You you always get better if you think oh no I am I'm there that then then you're already wrong really because it's something that you've got to continue to improve on forever yeah and it is it's about challenging yourself and then you know maybe challenging other people as well then I think that's 
you know, one of our behaviors, uh, we've got three behaviors, which is adaptable, bold, and curious, but one of those ones, uh, you know, about being curious, I suppose, is challenging yourself and learning about yourself as well, but also that, that bold side of, you know, not being afraid to, to challenge in a, in a safe way, in a, in a professional way, but challenge others as well. If you were maybe to see, you know, potential unconscious biases happen, or to maybe spot something that you thought could potentially be that, um, or, or unacceptable behavior, um, you know, and as an organization, we, you know, we're challenging ourselves. So we've, you know, we've got a public target to, um, you know, increase applications from underrepresented groups, for example. Um, you know, we know that um, it's important to us to make sure that we are getting, you know, applications from, um, from different groups into the organization to make sure that we can try and recruit those people um, into the organization as well then. Um, so we've challenged and made a, a public target of that to really set ourselves, um, you know, I, I suppose set ourselves apart a little bit to make sure that we go, you know what, we're not that diverse if we to look at it from the from the inside. However, we're aware of that. So we're going to challenge ourselves to make sure we, you know, we have great networks, we have an inclusive culture, we have an environment that is free from discrimination. People are aware of unconscious biases and people are aware of the benefits of having a diverse workforce to make sure that we can, you know, bring, you know, bring a whole diverse range of people into the organization, because that's only going to be good for us as a business. Definitely, 100%. So for my last question, please can you speak a little bit about how we've supported colleagues during the coronavirus pandemic? I know accessibility for colleagues and customers has been a key priority for us all. Um, I suppose the situation has brought out um, the community spirit between our colleagues. Um, and I'd say that the support from, from the very top down um, in the organisation has been really amazing. You know, we've moved from having everybody working across our, our four offices with a smattering of flexible working to the majority of colleagues working at home. And I suppose the collaboration that went on between colleagues to make this happen and to ensure that our people were, were first and foremost safe and well was, was fantastic to see. You know, nobody could have really planned for this at all. Um, you know, it's, it's had the whole world into lockdown overnight and the knock-on effects that this has had um, was really unprecedented. Yeah, um, it's it's really important that we you know we kept our services open for our customers as well. So you know we kept small teams of volunteer staff in our offices, um, obviously ensuring that this was safe to do and following the, the right protocols and guidelines, so that we could still deal with keeping the register up to date um, and some of our services that we maybe couldn't do digitally. Um, it, it has been really important for us to ensure that we still stay connected. You know, our colleagues can still have that sense of belonging that I talked about. Um, and that's both in a professional work capacity and also in a, a personal capacity. You know, we are we're all human at the end of the day. We need those connections. We need to talk. We need to collaborate, and that then helps us, I suppose, enjoy our jobs and get that work, that job satisfaction, enjoy the work that we do. And, and then for someone that was shielded for five months, you know, that support was invaluable for me. I suppose in terms of you, you asked about accessibility. I mean, accessibility has been a, a priority for us. Um, as an organization, I suppose, with or without the pandemic. I mean, for, for our colleagues, it is about making sure that everyone has access to those same opportunities, the same benefits, regardless of their differences. Uh, and for our customers, it is about really understanding them, um, ensuring that access to our services isn't, isn't a, a one-shoe-fits-all approach, and that we are able to maintain, I suppose, our service, uh, services and still give great customer service. Wow, thank you so much, Martin. That concludes my questions for today. So thank you again for agreeing to come on and chat. I've learned so much and I'm really pleased with the insight you've provided for our listeners. You've been an absolute star. 
And to our listeners, don't forget to look out for our posts on social media and help share our aspirations to become an even more welcoming employer, one that supports people and encourages them to find their passion. Bye, Martin. Thanks. Thanks. Bye, Meg.